0: All right, welcome to VCTV. All right. Raquan Johnson. Appreciate it, appreciate it.
1: I'm glad to be here for sure.
0: Appreciate the time, I appreciate you stopping by.
1: Uh, We're going to just start it off with uh, simple. You know, where you from? Uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Um, Straight from the heart of Norview. So I've been here all, all my life. That's, that's pretty much it. Born, born and, and raised. raised? Yeah, born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia. All right. How old are you? 25. 25.
0: Yeah, 25, man. Halfway, <laughs> halfway to 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm closer to the end
1: than the beginning, so it is what it is.
0: Nah, you ain't hit your strides. You still you still climbing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still sure. in my
1: prime. Still, Actually still getting there. Exactly. You so. just getting your feet wet for real, for real. Yeah. You graduated college when? Uh, 20, 2018. So two, two years ago, two, three years ago, I graduated college. May 2018.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what do you do for a living? Right now?
1: Uh, right now, I currently teach. Uh, I'm a teacher and I'm an athletic director uh, at Norview Middle School. Um, and then I coach, you know, in my free time. So that's pretty pretty much it for real, for real right now. Okay, we're gonna go back a little bit though. Okay.
0: Alright, so when do you first remember getting into basketball or being interested in the sport?
1: Uh, t- probably about four or five years old. Um, my My first sport. My first love was actually football. Um, and I remember my granddad he used to take me out to Lakewood, doing that's when Bradley was like a big thing, he'd take me out to um Lakewood on Saturdays and you know, I'd be out there watching the kids play flag football or whatever and Right. You played for the Saints, right? No, well I actually played for the Old Mount Corruptors first. Okay. So I played with the Corruptors, I played flag and then I ended up playing with the Norfolk Saints for pop pop one. Okay. So, um, but I got. I guess I say about four or five years old. That's when I kind of fell in love with sports, and it just it been sports ever since. So is basketball your favorite
0: sport, or is football your favorite sport? Nah,
1: basketball is my favorite sport, but football is my first love. Though. So, but, but basketball hands down is my favorite sport. So which one are you better at? Uh, that's a good question. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I probably would say. I probably would say football just because of me me playing quarterback for so long and playing cornerback in my younger years. I kind of was able to just read the defense, read the offense. My bad, read the is a little better. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Football, is a, to me, is a little less – I'm not gonna say skill, it's more so a toughness game, but if you got skill it kinda puts you over the hump. That's what I would say.
0: I'd be telling folks the same thing. I'm like, yo, basketball, you gotta know how to dribble. Yeah. You gotta have some type of IQ, you gotta be able to shoot, you gotta play both sides. Football, if you're an athlete and you can you can, you can run, jump, and you're athletic, you you pretty much gonna do you, you gonna do well, you, pretty yeah, much. You can, yeah. You're gonna do well. You can't just you can't you can't just walk out. But then again, at the same time, you know, football that's that contact. Football is a lot of
1: contact. Contact. Um, yeah, that's that's the only thing. Techniques. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot more technique. But uh, I, I guess. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, man. I, I I guess I go I get a slight edge to football, even though I haven't I haven't played football in so long. Right. But I, I think I probably would be better in football. But football helped me help me on the court as far as toughness, as far as like getting to the right. Taking those bumps and bruises, and I mean I ain't, I'm on it, but it's so big, so you gotta, right. you know, make sure you you able to withstand those those hits. So I guess that's what kind of helped me, as far as a you know basketball standpoint. So right, I, mean, that's, I don't know. I I would probably say football, but a lot of people would probably say I'm better at basketball.
0: So at what point did you consciously decide, okay, I'm gonna take basketball more seriously than football? Uh, if that was even a conscious, a conscious decision.
1: Yeah, actually, my freshman year, I played I played JV football, so I ended up getting hurt, and that was, that was it for me. <laughs> that, was it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was it. I ended up um, pulling my hip flexor, and I got a concussion. Like it was a bad year. <laughs> and after that, um, even though I still love football, basketball was kind of like, man, this this way. It, I guess my love, as I got older, grew more for basketball than it did for football. I used right. to just hate getting hit. And I never, in <laughs> my young age, I always played quarterback. I never had a line, for real, for real. And, I mean, you know, I, why you keep taking hits. Yeah, you, you're like, man, I'm done with this. You know what they say? They
0: say football created the most basketball players.
1: I believe so. Yeah. I 100 percent agree with that. That so, contact, hit <laughs> like, nah, it's not for everybody. Yeah, not for me. I tell you that much. Nah, I, I feel you. It ain't for me neither. But my freshman year, that's when I made that switch to say, yo, me just put all my effort into basketball, and that was it. Right. Do you think
0: uh, tackle football is a safe sport for kids to play?
1: Uh yeah, if they taught the tech. If they're taught their proper techniques, as far as how to protect yourself from a hit and how to properly hit, um, okay. so if, if they're taught at the, the grassroots level of how to properly play the game correctly, I believe it's definitely a safe sport. I mean, you, you have the equipment to keep them as safe as possible, and right. but the way technology and equipment is growing is constantly getting better, you know what I'm saying, to make the game safer, but I believe now it's more so of just getting back to the basics and teaching teaching the fundamental aspect. So if they can do that then I definitely believe it's a safer sport. Okay, but with the growing,
0: you know, C T E causes, you know, the 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 long term effects that are showing from, you know, getting hit in the head all the time, uh, you think it's you think it's
1: worth it? Uh for the love of the sport? Yeah, it it just depends on if you love it. Um I think that's what kind of trunks everything. If you really love the sport, I think you'll do whatever you need to do. If you you're had oh, if I, you saying if I had like a son? Yeah, if you had a
0: kid, he was like, I want to play football.
1: Oh, uh, me, you know, I'm gonna I'm put him in the sport if that's what he want to do. But as right. a parent, I'm gonna make sure he's doing everything properly, right, to withstand the, the, you know, the brutalness of the sport to make sure, like I said, he's, he's safe. That's the most important thing. Right. As well as just putting him with the right coaches, not just teaching him. Yo, we got to win, win, win. It's about. I feel like at that level, it's more so just teaching fundamentals and the winning to come later. That's a fact. Like once you get the fundamentals down,
0: and then you can get to all the fancy moves, and then you yeah. start really. You know what I mean? Really yeah. Once you get the it.
1: fundamentals, then you can you can have fun. But yeah. you know, it's like building a house. You can't build a, You can't put the roof on the house without laying the bricks down first. It's that foundation. Yeah.
0: So you played uh, AAU yeah. uh, basketball uh, for the Wildcats, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty sure you played for more teams than that. But the Wildcats is it, 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 that's that's the team that I know you from.
1: Yeah, so I play. Um, I played with the Wildcats with Coach Rob, Coach Julius, from about nine till I want to say about twelve, thirteen. Um, I played with the Wildcats, and I ended up playing with the Virginia um, Virginia Spartans, and. Um, I think that was pretty much it. Oh, and I played with Slam City for a year with Coach Coach Walk Coach Walt Webb. Um But that was pretty pretty much it um, as far as, like, my AAU, my AAU stints and runs. Okay, what was your
0: experience like in the AAU circuit, you know, traveling from state to state, uh, tournaments, uh, Boo Williams? Um, what was your overall experience?
1: For real, for it was great. Like, it was... It was phenomenal I say because at that age to to go to places that we went and I just say starting at nine years old to go to Cocoa Beach, Orlando, to play teams from Houston, California, New York, like we're in the nationals and it's teams from all over. Like right. We even got to play against um the Harrison twins that played for Kentucky. Um they played for the Houston Defenders. So just to be around those guys and the, the to play against them at a high level was just, it was a phenomenal experience. And as far as travel, like, you know, we, most of us was from either North or Virginia Beach. So, you know, this is all we <laughs> know. So to get out and go to, like I said, Charlotte, Cocoa Beach, Disney World, and right. we just doing something that we love to do. Y'all just hooping. Yeah, we just hooping, you know what I'm saying? We just young kids. We, we, we just hooping. So it was just a, a great experience. And basketball has... Put me in areas and areas and rooms that I thought I'd never be in with some people I thought I'd never be in. So, you know, that's also a, a great experience as well too. And, man, I love to be back out there now. In the way that the exposure for the kids now that's playing A A U man, it's, the mix it's so tapes, crazy. Like you mixtapes, highlight tapes, man. You got recruitment services. You got all types of coaches that come out and see kids play and man they you know they get to go somewhere everywhere and play against top tier competition, so right you can't beat it, but from my aspect, just coming into the game as a nine year old and and constantly progressing and going to play where we play that and been in some of those tournaments you i I couldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world definitely
0: so it's a it's it's a discussion going on right now amongst like the the AAU community and like the people on the outside looking in, and, and the question is, are these kids uh, slash teenagers mm-hmm. being overplayed? Like, are they are they running themselves into the ground at an early age? You know, tournaments where you got three four games yeah. in a day for a weekend, and you got back to back weekends. Are these kids being overplayed? In your opinion,
1: uh, I would say yes and no. I would say yes because it is a lot of wear and tear on the body. At how you say from being a 14 to 17 years old? somewhere right. you know you got some seniors that's 18. So mm-hmm. I say from 14 to 18, it is a lot of wear and tear on the body. But I would also say no because I mean they you know they're constantly growing. You know they they're constantly doing a lot, and on the back end they're getting they're receiving a lot of exposure doing. You know, going and playing these tournaments So it's kind of helping them out But it's all about balance You know, you parents gotta know And kids gotta know as well You know, when your body's telling you Yo, it's time to take a break You gotta, you know, you gotta take a break Whether it's, I wouldn't say If you know you got a big tournament coming up I'd say maybe take a couple of days off Prior to that week coming up To, you know, get your mind right Get your body right And, you know, just, just get yourself fully prepared For what's at stake So, right. um I would say it's, it's yes and no but I feel like the common median is, is just finding a balance to be honest okay what position did you play in basketball uh I played the point guard and shooting guard
0: so what kind of guard were, uh, what kind of guard would you use you know sc- score first outside drive dish
1: uh I'm always a driver and disher um I always like to get in the cup I I couldn't really shoot that well until I got older um so I was kind of like a streaky shooter, but I always, I just like the contact. I like to get in there and hit the ground a little bit, get in there, dump it off to the big, or, you know, hit an open shooter. So I always say if I had to classify myself, I would say I was a pass first guard more than anything. Probably a little too, too much, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Especially nowadays, you know, nowadays, man. The point guards, you got Dame stuff. We going to do the pro level, yeah. but, like, them dudes is like, they'll give you
1: 30. But I mean that's the way of the game now. Yeah. Like Westbrook guards are more the traditional guard is, is kinda gone now. You got Did it gone. Yeah, you got more scoring guards which You is, gotta be able to score be Yeah, you guard. gotta be able to score. You gotta be able to shoot. Unless you just got killers beside you. That's true. Right. That that's true. Unless you got a, a mob or a, a team full of killers that can get it on their own, you gotta be able to shoot. You gotta be able to put that ball in the hoop. And you know, that that's just the way of the game. I mean, it's the game has just changed. Like it's no, it's it's a positionless basketball game now. So right, it's just different.
0: Definitely. right, uh, let's fast forward to high school. All right. Uh, Norview high school.
1: Yeah. You played uh, all four years for the team? Not so. A lot of people don't know. I actually played. Um, I played my freshman and sophomore year in Norview. My junior year, I ended up transferring to Smith, and then I came back to Norview my senior year. See, I even know that. Yeah, yeah so that. a lot, a lot of people I don't know, but yeah, I end up transferring my junior year and I end up going to Austin Smith. Which um, w-
0: which which school did you like to play for the most?
1: Oh uh, no, if you are, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's well, That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. That's that's home. Home is always where the heart is. So. And then the, the the Eastern District is just. It's just tough, like you. It's it's unmatched. It's by far probably the best district in the state of Virginia, night in, right night out. So, you know, I don't know. it's just it, it just ain't. It, it's not like playing for Norfolk. It's not like playing in that eastern district where you you plan to get tea on the Friday night. You might have more on the Tuesday. You right. Turn around next week, you play a Granby. Games be great. yeah, you know, we talking about almost a sold out crowd. Every night, whether it's Friday or Tuesday, you gonna get the best of the best. That man. Friday night definitely gonna be, gonna be sold out. <laughs> definitely, man, it's crazy. And then you got Norfolk, like you know Norcom they always in it in the state title round every year. So you you know you go through the tube and you you play Norfolk Churchland always scrappy Wilsons. You know what I'm saying? They 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 always gonna play tough. You know, but it, it's just nothing like it. It's like the old Big East, right? So you know it, it ain't nothing like it. Who was you rivals? Uh Booger T for sure. Um Yeah, them dancing. dancing Yeah, to the Booger Dog <laughs> going. Crazy. And that, like playing at the Booger Dung. you can survive <laughs> in there, you can survive anywhere. Definitely. Uh, but Booger T for sure. Uh Morey. more always been a rival for us and I would say nokom Norcom, they you know that they, they always it always been a battle with them as well. But I mean for real for you can name any any school in the Eastern district. And, you know what I'm saying, as a rival. But I would definitely say those those top three right there for sure.
0: Okay. How was the plan for Jonathan Wilson?
1: Oh, uh, it was, I wouldn't say it was tough. He just. Kept hurt some things. Yeah, he just, uh he just expect nothing but the best from you. You know, he going, he an old school coach. You know, you can get rowdy, get in your face and to yeah, you know, you going to scream. And, I mean, I played with him you know, through the Wildcats, you know, he came in, chimed in, so I kind of was accustomed to his style of coaching a little better than others, but at the same time, it still still was a a learning curve that I had to go through, so um, you got to, I would say playing with, playing under Jonathan, you just got to be ready, you got to be mentally ready, you know, because he expects nothing but greatness, and if you can't, put forth that effort on the floor or in practice, then, you know, you can't be mad with the results. But, I mean, right. great coach. He, he's probably by far one of the best i ever played for. I'm talking about, like, works 24-7, knows the game. In and out, best skill developer. Like, I got nothing but the utmost respect. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest, he's probably the reason why I do a lot of the stuff that I I do today. So, you know, I, you, know, you got to. You know, so he just expected greatness, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. But he, he definitely knows. When it comes to X's and O's, Coach John knew his stuff. Okay,
0: uh, went through high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have an opportunity to play college ball?
1: Uh, I actually did. Um, I have signed. Well, I didn't sign, but I had a contract. So when you go to college and, you know, most people get scholarships or whatever, right. coaches get you a contract. I didn't get a contract, like. Man, it was, it was a crazy process, and basically when I graduated high school, uh, I had a little bit of interest, but it wasn't nothing major, like I had no scholarship offers or anything like that. But um, I ended up going to ODU, so like while I was at ODU, I was still working out and all that. So I ended up, you know, emailing a couple coaches, trying to get a couple workouts, and um, the coach from the school called King University is a D2 out in uh, Bristol, Tennessee, Right. They end up inviting me to a workout, I went out there, drove, man that was an 8 hour drive, Sheesh. drove 8 hours, went out there and worked out, like a week after that they sent me a um like a contract, and you know basically saying I could play but once I did the math on like as far as me academically, basically I would have to, I would have lost my freshman year academically so I would have been in school for another extra year okay. just to play so my grown man, you cop, yeah, I'm yeah. a grown man. kind of ticked in, and I was like, man, I ain't really trying to be in school for another year. Like, yo, yeah, basketball kind of just see. It. I find, you know, I find something else to do, and that was pretty much it. But I still got the contract at home it's from, like I said, the school's called King University. Got the contract, got the head coach uh, signature. AD sitting chill, oh, now only sitting that ain't up there is mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, still, you still got it? Yeah, I still got it. I still got it. I, I should have brought it, Um, but it's, it's right up. It's at my mom's so house. I, I still got it. Yeah, I remember you seeing,
0: I, I, I remember seeing you post something about that on, on Instagram a while, yeah, you know, yeah. a while, a while back.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I actually. I was um, like, oh,
0: okay, about to play college ball, and then, like, I just didn't see nothing else. I was like, oh, I don't Yeah, because
1: that was just a little, like I said, that happened probably my freshman year freshman year of college yeah. like I still I, and I meant to get it to, um, before I came but I still still got it um but like I said a lot of people didn't know you know what I'm saying I, I'm not really one to say you know what I'm saying like yeah I had all these offers and this thing in 39 I'm right. gonna keep it real I ain't had no offers you know what I'm saying like I had to really go through that process and figure everything out like what to say to coaches how to sell yourself and you know I put myself in a position had the opportunity, but when it all came down to it, I guess God just had the plan. So it was just more so like, man, you know, hooping is cool, but you can, you know what I'm saying, it's time to figure out how you can make some money once you graduate college or what you want to do or, you know, what's basically what's the next chapter in your life. You know, right. basketball is not over as far as overall, but more so from a player standpoint, it's kind of time to close that chapter and let's, let's focus on something else.
0: I want to get into that a little bit because you know I I know a lot of you know kids like even high school they want to play college ball that's a dream yeah you know so what went into that decision you know of course you said grown man cap but cause that's a that's a big decision to turn down a contract yeah. or, you know for a sport you love yeah and you had to think okay I need to take care of my responsibilities and it's time to close that chapter like how did you get to that decision ultimately.
1: Um, uh, basically, so it, it started in high school and Coach Coach J um, and Coach Foster, um, basically, like they used to always prep us when we played, like, you know, the ball going, their favorite words was the ball going to go flat one day. Not more so to discourage us to not, you know, try to go play college ball, but it's going to be a time in your life when you as a man got to make a decision and say, yo, I, I gave basketball all I could what am I going to do now and it still continue to be great and they always it. so even though you know as a young teen you know you, you hear your coaches and it's like man coaches talking but the, the seed was already planted in the back of my head so right. when that when it was time to make that decision you know and not only my coaches but you know talking to my parents it more so was like are you really, are you really willing to go back and do your whole freshman year all over academically just for the sake of playing basketball and it was like yo as much as I love the game I just put too much work in for a whole year <laughs> right? and spent a lot of money because ODU is not cheap you know what I'm saying so I just spent a whole lot of money putting this year in almost a year and a half just to go back and basically do it all over again just for the sake of playing basketball so it was more so that kind of was the deciding factor, just talking, you know, talking to my parents, um, talking to Coach J, Coach Foster again, and to really, and all, ideally just came down to just talking to myself and just being real with myself, you know, that's that's first and foremost, as mm-hmm. long as you can be real with yourself and say, yo, I'm cool with whatever decision is being made, and you can live with that, That that's it, and that's what it ultimately came down to me, just Sitting back saying, right, am I cool with giving basketball or, or am I cool with taking a year? We basically redoing a whole another year academically. And when it all came down to it, it was more so, look, man, you ain't going to the league. So, <laughs> you know, I yeah, ain't no need to, I ain't going to say not chase your dream because that's what you love to do. But I just took it more so as man, I know what it takes to get there because. Right. You know, I know what I should have did different, and I know what I shouldn't have did, so now I got a story to tell to somebody else that's coming after me, so that's pretty much it when the nutshell it just came down to just talking to the people that was important and just making the right decision and now that I look back on it, I don't have no regrets. Respectable. <laughs> so what made you
0: choose uh old Dominion as 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 your school? Like did you have any other Uh, uh, not options. Well, uh, yeah, options. Do you have any Um, any other
1: plans besides ODU? Nah. Well, I did, but, you know, I looked at North State. Um, I checked North State out. I was like, man, I could go to North State, but it was like, I mean, I felt like I've been going to North of State all my life, like, <laughs> to be honest, you know what I'm saying? There's no distant off of State. But I feel you, I feel you. Man, my granddad, I'm just saying because my granddad used to take me to all the homecoming football games, the parades, you know. Right. In high school, we going to office State, so it kind of was like, you already been there, you know, f- even though you wasn't in school, you kind of already been there, but as far as ODU... It was just different. Like, not a lot of people talked about ODU, for one, because it's, you know, PWI. Yeah. So, it's a little, it's a different demographic. Um, but it, I really wanted to go to VCU. That was my number one school because I wanted to be a computer engineer. But VCU didn't have the program that I wanted. So, ODU did. That's what made me enroll in ODU. And then, lo and behold, I ended up not being none of that. So, right. it is what it is. But um, that's what I ultimately brought me to ODU, so just it was it was just a major, but VCU was my number one school. I just like Richmond. I just like the whole 804 area, the school. Right. I, I was sold, but they didn't have the program on.
0: Actually, I wanted. I I wanted to go to VCU too. My GPA was high enough. For real. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: man. VCU is tough to get into. Um, it's tough, but like I said, I, I mean I had I had a three five coming out of school. Three, yeah I had a three five coming out of high school. My SAT I got a I only got a thousand but my advisor was like, yo long as you get a thousand on your SAT then you know you, you starting yeah you good. So I yeah. was like, oh shoot, VCU it is Right. I got it doing my application, couldn't find a program out. Like man, this is crazy. So Right. I just decided to ride over to you.
0: Okay. What was your college experience like overall, you know, going to a PWI?
1: Um it's different, it's, it's different because, you know, like, this the school is predominantly, you know, it's a white institution, is predominantly white, right. um, but it, it kind of made me more culturally diverse going into the work, the work, workforce, um, so that's what kind of helped me out, but it, it was just different, like, you know, you, you had your, you know, you, you, your you're African-American people, you know, that you hung with, you had the Caucasian people you hung with, so, but, you know, it was it was a lot of camaraderie, but it was a lot of differences, too, um, you know, like a lot of my classes, I might have been three or four, you know, African-Americans in the class, and you in the class of 25 students, so, right. you know, you do the math, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're the minority, <laughs> yeah, I'm the minority, but. Yeah. It kind of just made me understand, like, in a nutshell, this is kind of how real world, you know, this is how the real world is, you know, like especially suppose, where you want to go. Yeah, especially where I want to go. Like us as African Americans, you know, it's a lot. Of, it's not a lot of us in in the field that I'm in, but at the same time, I'm fighting against three or four other people that's trying to get one spot. So, you know, it's it's survival, you know, survival of the fittest, and my motto always been on the strong survive. So. Oh, do you really help me mentally just prepare myself because it's like, yo, I gotta every day I go in class, I gotta be on my Ps and Qs. Like I don't have time to slack because the stigma is I'm already a slacker. Right. You know, I don't even belong here. But as long as I go out and show and prove every day I'm in class or when I'm doing a presentation or doing a test that, yo, I'm at the top of my class, I'm just as good as you and I belong here, right, you know, I can take that you know, on through the rest of my life, and that's kinda, you know, that kinda, it helped me out. The only thing I wish I would've done different, um, I probably wish I would've went to school out of town, because you know, you home, you you're comfortable, you yeah. know, you, you know what I'm saying, you can call moms or pops and say, look, man, I'm hungry, I'm gonna come to the, come to the house and you know, grab me something to eat. When you out of town, you you're pretty much on your own, you gotta figure it out. Not saying I didn't mature, cause I matured a lot because I stayed on campus, and I just took it upon myself to say, "Yo, when I'm in the jam, I just figure it out instead of just, I I can go to grandma's house. I can call mom. I can call pops. You know, I I just decided to just take that that pressure onto myself and right. just figure it out. But overall, great experience though. Great experience. Met a lot of people. A lot of good friends. A lot of people I still talk to now. Um, and it, it was great. It was, it was great. Did you pledge fraternity? No, 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 that really wasn't my thing. I thought about it, but PWI fraternities and HBCU fr- <laughs> fraternities are totally, totally different. A little different. Totally different. So um, I did, I did give some, some thought. Um, but if you were to join one, which one would you join? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, it prob- probably, would be Alpha. I kind of like, I like how they, they move. You know what I'm saying? They, they kind of. They' about their business. They' not too loud. They' real subtle people. I like. I like how they move. Well, most most of the alphas I met, they they usually always about about their business. They they on right. point. So if I did, it probably would be awful. But I, I don't see myself doing it.
0: Okay. <laughs> what was your GPA when you graduated uh,
1: ODU? Ah, uh, three three. Three three. Yeah, I had a three point three. Solid. Yeah. So I told you I had to man. I had to be on my game at all times. I ain't had no no room to slack. I right, fast forward out of college
0: um so you just graduated college yeah what was that process like finding
1: your career um it it wasn't hard but it it definitely it was some bumps and bruises in the road. um because I honestly, like when I was in school, I had changed my major three times to be honest. I started off as a computer engineer, which I stated earlier then I ended up going to human services because i I always like counseling and stuff like you know talking to people, you know learning them mm-hmm. and then I got into counseling and they got to talking about like you know dealing with people with mental disorders, and I just feel like you got to be a special person. To, deal with people like that. And right. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that with the mm-hmm. utmost sincere, you know, affirmation. Mm-hmm. Like, you really got to be a special person to deal with that constantly day in and day out. Yeah. Me, I just wasn't ready for the wear and tear on me <laughs> mentally to <laughs> deal with that. So, right. I ended up switching to um, health and PE. And that's what drew my attention. So, when I came out, I never... I did. I didn't want to teach, like teaching was the last thing from my mind, like I just wanted to be around sports, and I knew having a health and PE degree compared to a sports management degree was going to put me in a broader field than it would sports management. So like I said, I never wanted to teach, so when I graduated, my first job was working for the city of Norfolk in recs and uh, parts and recreation, and I was like, yeah, it's cool, you know, I'm at the rec, like I can... You know, I get to shoot all day, play sports with the kids, you know, play on the game, all that stuff. Right. But it wasn't like, it just wasn't room for growth. When I sat there, I probably was there for probably about a month or two, um, maybe three at the most. And I'm just looking at how things were going. I'm like, yo, there's no, it's no room for me to move up. Like, there's no room for growth because the people that was ahead of me, they've been there for a while. And, you know, once people get in those positions... They ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere, so... Nah. I was like, man, but I ain't really trying to go in that school. Like, I ain't trying to teach. Like, I ain't really trying to deal <laughs> deal with kids and be teaching and all that. Like, I, let me rephrase this. I like working with kids, but I didn't like being in the school system. Like, I just didn't want to teach. Like, that was a no for me. So that's kind of like what brought me to being a teacher now, like, because I had that PE background. And. All my classes was basically teaching PE, so I was like, man, it can't be that bad. So, I ended up hitting uh, hitting up my old teacher who worked at, who, who actually worked at the school that I got hired at. So, he worked at North middle. He's, he's gone now, but he worked at North middle, so I hit him up, like, yo, Mr. Adams, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, how is it for you? So, you know, he, he ended up meeting on one-on-one. He gave me the breakdown. So, I said, sitting back, like, yo, this is crazy, like, you chilling. Lo and behold, probably about this was so every so May 2018 I graduated. I got hired for the city of Norfolk in June. Mm-hmm. By November, a spy had opened up at Northview Middle School. I ended up applying for the position, ended up getting it. Um and once I got in there, man, I've been sold ever since on the job. So between May and i say about October. That was probably like the roughest months trying to just figure out what I wanted to do like between do I want to teach or do I want to stay at parts and rec and just be at this position forever. So right. I was like, man, I, 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 I want better for myself like this. This ain't it. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the job. I'm chilling. But it's just not where I see myself. You just want some people. Yeah, yeah, I just want, want more. more. Yeah. You want more, yeah. So that's what ultimately drew me to going to teaching, shoot, ever since I've been teaching, ever since I got in that school system, um, shoot, the sky's been the limit, and it used, to, it used to be funny, because my girls used to be like, like, man, like, how you how you want to coach, but you don't want to teach, like, <laughs> how you want to do this, but you don't want to do that, and I used to be like, man, I, I figured it out, I figured it out, and then they finally just resonated, like, yeah, that don't make sense. Like right. most coaches usually work in the school system, so I was like, in order for me to become a coach, I got to do what I don't want to do, really, to get to where I want to go. And like I said, it probably been the best decision I made because of the impact I get to make on the kids and right. the impact, you know, what I'm saying they they tell me I made on their lives and you know. Well, you know, you've been in the health and PE. Mm-hmm. You do a little bit of teaching, but for the most part, you kind of just sitting there and having real-life conversations with just these kids. These you kids. know what I'm saying? you just kicking it. and So that was that was it for me. That's all I needed to see. That was, you know, that was how everything transpired into, you know, me picking my career. Okay. So are you still at Northview Middle? Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah, okay. I'm still there. Um,
0: You, you saying as far as, like, just in general. Like, do you work there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. Still, yeah, I still work
1: there. So um, you're the du-
0: you're the director? Yeah, I'm the <laughs> athletic
1: director, and I still teach too.
0: Okay. Do you still coach too?
1: Yeah, but um, I coach at the high school. I was coaching at the middle school, and then when I became the AD, I had to conflict of interest, so right? I had to let one go, but I still coach at the high school.
0: Okay. You coach. Uh, uh, Alright. So, do you coach
1: basketball and volleyball? Uh I so I did volleyball last year, um and then more so it's kinda like uh yeah, you we won't have nobody else to do it. So I just feel in a position type of thing. But Okay. It was fun though. Like I I learned so much from those kids like about the game that, you know, they, they helped me. I wanna say probably they helped me more than I probably helped them. Um, but you know, I still talk to those kids now and, you know, I guess I made an impact somehow, some way, because it was just a different perspective and you know, they gotta accomplish some things that they never done in years. So, um, you know, that was cool, but right now just strictly just basketball. Just just basketball? Yeah. So when did you know that you had that itch to coach? Uh my sophomore year in college. Uh my sophomore year in college and Actually, it probably was before, but I would say my sophomore year at college is what solidified it. But, um, like I said, when I played, I always was a student of the game because, you know, being a point guy is like being a quarterback on the field. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to know where everybody at. You got to know, I right, when we run this play, this person needs to be here. You, you, you just got to be on point at all times. And Coach Jay used to always tell me, like, man, you're going to end up being the coach one day. Like, you're going to end up being the coach. So, um, probably about my sophomore year at college I ended up uh I ended up going to talk to Coach Jay and I was like, Man, you know, like I ain't playing no more, I kinda you know, still wanna be around the game. And he threw me in the fire, he put me on one one of his little baby AU teams, I think it was a fourth grade team at the time. And um, me man the dude Zoe. Zoe was the head coach, I was helping Zoe out. Right. And ever since then I hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> How does it like? How does it feel, right, to coach
0: at the same high school that you went to?
1: Oh man, it's it's great, man. Like it's 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 great. Like the feeling is unreal. Like walking
0: through the same hallways.
1: Yeah, because it's like be- <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: just. It's, I mean, I be geeked up every time walking <laughs> at school just because it's like, man, I remember how it was when I was in here. Like right. how it was to be a ball player, just to walk through the hallways, and you know, you, you know. You, you, you got administrators, administrators. You know they want to talk to you. You know teachers want to ask how you doing. You know you didn't had a good game and all that, and counselors, and then you know you always got your you know the girls that want to talk to you and all that stuff. And right. then it's like to see these boys go through the same thing that I went through. Now and it's like yo y'all doing it. We 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 did our thing, but y'all on a whole nother level. Like right. you know, it, and it's just it's just crazy. Like to to just give back, like, and that's that's probably the most important thing to give back to the to the young boys. You know what I learned. You know not only through basketball, but just as a man, like, yo, I can help steer them in the right direction. You know, with the same people that kind of help guide me and. Shoot now that you know Coach Foster. He was the assistant coach. He's the he's the head coach now. And it's just crazy for us to, you know, build that chemistry too, because it's like, yo, he was, you know, I said I was a player under him, and now we, you know, we both coaching, and um, my, my right hand man, Rashawn, he's on the he's on the staff with us too, and he played, so it's just like it's just all know of you on the bench, man. It's just crazy. That's so crazy. it's like it's no better staff to coach than to have two kids that came through the system. That played right. and the coach that was right there, you know, what I'm saying under Coach Coach Jay, mm-hmm. now leading you know his own platoon and we in his position now, so it's like it, it come full circle. It came it, it came full circle, you know. It's, it's all about the brotherhood. Exactly. Uh, what is the most
0: challenging thing about coaching high school uh, high school boys?
1: Politics, politics, and social media. That's okay. those probably. Those are one and the same, like, they they tie for the number one spot.
0: Break those down for me.
1: So as far as politics, um, and they, they kind of intertwine with each other as far as politics. Like, man, you know, you may have a kid who's not as hyped, but he may be just as skilled as somebody that is as, you know, quote, unquote, hyped up to be this person or that person. So, you know, politics play into a lot of, into, into playing a lot of stuff. And then as far as social media, man, you got kids that coming to high school who are at middle school getting so much publicity and so much recognition due to mixtapes and highlight tapes. So, their head is way out here when you, and, you know, you can't really tell them nothing. And then when you actually give them the reel and, you know, you just try to, Break them down and let them know. Like, look, I understand you're good, but yo, when you get to high school, it's a whole different ball game. You know, these kids are stronger, they're bigger, they're quicker. So you kind of gotta start at the bottom again and work right. your way up. Like a lot of kids don't don't want to hear that. So that's why I say, the politics of putting these kids on the pedestal, along with social media, is basically it, it makes our job as high school coaches harder because you know now you got the threat of. Oh, all right, well, this, you know, now is the coach don't like me, so I'm going to transfer. And it's not really that, okay, we don't, you know, it's not that we don't like kids. You know what I'm I like the kid, but it's just, yo, we got to break you down and show you the real. Like, yo, yeah, you good, but you can be great if you do X, Y, Z. And a lot of kids don't want to hear that as well as parents. So mm. that's what makes the job hard as a high school coach. But, you know, you got to take the good with the bad.
0: Right. Well, let's get to the good. What's the most rewarding
1: aspect about being a high
0: school basketball coach?
1: Oh, the, by far just seeing these kids, you know, whether they go on to college and play ball or just go to college and get degrees or just graduate and become outstanding citizens and, you know, become great, great men, young men that's growing into men. That's probably, that's by far the most rewarding thing you can ask for as a coach. Like, to say that, I right, man this kid listened to what I had to say, you know, like, they might not may not have heard me all the time, but, you know, I at least got got through to them a little bit, and they're trying to figure it out the right way instead of going out here doing something crazy, so that's the most of you know, everybody's not going to go on and play college ball, and I'm a witness to that, and, right. you know, everybody ain't going to go out here and be CEOs and Fortune 500, you know, running Fortune 500 companies, but if you can't steer a young man into a direction of being a positive citizen and, 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 you know, being a positive role model to somebody after them, you know, that's the best, that's the best reward you can ask for as a coach. Okay,
0: so I don't want you to give away, like, you know, like the whole master plan in which you, you know, got planned for the future. Okay. But is coaching something that you see yourself doing long term and on a higher level? You know, high, high school's great. Yeah. High school's great, but, you know, there's different levels that you mm-hmm. can move up. As far as uh, coaching, like, do you plan on doing that? Uh, yeah, that's that's,
1: that's one of my plans. That's, that's one plan. of my goals,
0: yeah. Okay, you ain't gotta go too much into that. Yeah, and it,
1: we're, we're yeah that. Go, we'll leave it at. <laughs> right um,
0: Who are some of your coaching mentors slash idols, for lack of a better word, that you look up to and that you can physically call on the phone and be like, "Hey, I need
1: some coaching advice." Uh, well, you know, Coach Jay, Coach Foster. That's those are one or two. Um. Uh, let me see i mean really i mean really oh coach cj cj from north state um you know he, he you know i got his number It's nothing to get in contact with him um uh, you know he's pretty good pretty good guy um levi levi wall he, he coached at booger t he was ijv coach at norview um about two years two ago so you know man real good peoples Um uh, I mean, that's kind of pretty much it. I mean, oh, Yogi, Yogi L.A. Teller, um, Plumber and more like most of the Eastern District coaches I pretty much, you know, build a relationship with. Um, but those names that I mentioned, those are pretty much the people that I can call and say, yo, you know what I'm saying, man, how you, you know, what's going on, or look, I'm having trouble with this, what you think, or, you know, right. any, anything like that. So, um, those, those uh you know, those are pretty much, pretty much the guys I got, I got a number that I can physically call on my own and you know say something.
0: Does it get tricky uh, having that kind of relationship with a coach that you that you that you uh have to see you know on the court?
1: Uh yeah, it, it can. Um, that's why you gotta kind of just <laughs> you don't want to ask for too much or, or give out too much. But, right. You know you gotta you just gotta play your cards right when you having those conversations because at the end of the day, yeah, we're cool but you gotta see when him, you at war, <laughs> you at war, you know what I'm saying? You right. you, you the opposition. So, you know, you always want to try to get the one up on your opponent at any given time. So right. you just gotta be mindful of that when you when you having those conversations. But you know, as far as somebody like C J and office state, he's on a whole nother platform. So right. it's that's a different conversation. Right. You know what I'm saying to say the least uh women
0: in the coaching industry. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I, I I get what you're saying. Um do you think that there's a lack of women representation in the coaching industry by by choice and just by natural uh selection or you think it's a it's a thing where they're kind of outsiders and they aren't necessarily granted access? Into the coaching industry, uh, as far as them trying to coach in the in the in the male
1: in the male in the, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, in male sports. I think it's I think it's natural selection. Um, just because the sport has been a male dominant sport for so long, and you know now we're getting to breaking a lot. Women are breaking a lot of barriers as far as you know other sports. Like I think a couple weeks ago, the NFL had like a two women coaches on the sideline and a woman referee. Right. So, um and then I think San Antonio has like a, a, a woman's a woman assistant on their coaching staff, yep. So they are they are breaking barriers, you know what I'm saying? And it you know, it's a process and you know, it takes one at a time. But I think it's just more so natural selection because of just the way things have been ran for so long. Um that, you know, it's just taking a longer process. But you know, it's man, it's it's there's a lot of women that I, that that really know the game, you know what I'm saying, like really know the X's and O's, how to relate to players, and boys, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can relate as well as I can, like, they're a little more receptive to women because they have that nurturing aspect, so, right. you know, as compared to a male coaching them, you know, we usually rah-rah, <laughs> and, you know, we're going to get to them raw, whereas a women... She may have a different, different way of connecting with that player or, or, or that young male. But um, how about I say it, it's a lot of women that definitely know the game. Yeah, you know, I think it take take some time. But I, I honestly just think it's natural selection to be honest, just because of just how things have, have been running for so long. Right, it's definitely understandable. I feel I feel the same way. I think it's just natural
0: selection, and uh, I just think women just naturally coach women. Yeah, because that's just they relate. I they think they, they relate. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I, de- I definitely I feel you on that. Let's uh, let's let's, let's uh, go to uh, collegiate sports. All right. Do you believe the college athletes should be paid?
1: Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. Um, Tell me why. For one, because they they bring in so much money into that school and. Granted, I'm just talking about, like, high high major D1, but even if you get into, let's just say the the MIAC, the swap or anything like that, like, these kids bringing so much money into that school. So, if they go and get a 21 season and they make a bid to the NCAA tournament, like, they, they don't receive any of that money. They go to the school to get new facilities or build up new dorms or new school buildings. So, right. you know, it's like... You kind of like a slave to the school, in, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's like, yo, I'm giving y'all my blood, sweat, and tears. And if I blow my ACL today, I ain't getting nothing for it. Like, I don't right. get nothing nothing for it. I don't have nothing to show for it. I think some schools have, like, an insurance policy. Yeah, they, they do. But I'm just saying. I'm not the, one person it those. Yeah, the numbers compared to what the school is getting to, compared to the per damn that some of these players get is... It's not even fair. Right. So what do you say to the
0: people who say, well, they're getting a free education?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's enough. Yeah, but how many of those kids are going off to be IT majors or, or doctors or nurses where they can't show, right, okay, I got a degree, I got a $70,000 degree, but I make six figures a year. Most right. of those players aren't going to do that. You're right. You got a point. You know what I'm saying? Like most of most of them are going to be people that work in sports management where they're making 50, 60 on average a year, but you got a seventy thousand, eighty thousand dollar degree, you know what I'm saying? Because right. school is roughly let's just say twenty thousand dollars a year. So you do the math, that's eighty thousand, but I don't have a degree, nor am I making the money to show forth my degree. Sure, I know, you know, hands on personally, my right hand man, you know what I'm saying, not saying that Central owes him anything or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I know hands on from the conversations we had. Him being a Division One athlete, and you know, he like, hey man, we're on the road and yeah, we're getting the pre but shoot, we still kind of struggling in right. a sense. And you, you know, you you see on ESPN all the time with college players like, man, yeah, you know, we 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 bringing in seventy-five thousand, eighty thousand fans into the football stadium or the basketball. Arena and yeah. we eating oos and noodles. You know what I'm saying. Man, you got ticket sales <laughs> You got TV deals. You got Man, merch. You got jerseys. The coaches getting paid. Coaches <laughs> getting paid. You know, it's ooh like ooh. <laughs> they they get endorsements. They yeah. get bonuses. Like I said, every time, you know, depending on how the contract is, let's just say, in they contract, they got yo. Know, every year we get 20 wins, you get a bonus. Right. Every time you go to the postseason, you get a bonus. Every time you win the championship, you get a bonus. So if you do all three or four of those things in one year, you'd have made, let's just say, an extra forty-five thousand on top of what you already made as a coach. You know what I'm saying from exactly. salary. So by by all means, I definitely think you know college players should get paid. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Uh,
0: do you agree with the NBA's rules that prohibits uh, somebody coming straight out of high school into the league? And I'm gonna tell you the rule exactly. Okay. It says uh, athletes now have to wait one full year after they graduate
1: high school and be at least 19 years of age before entering the league? Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't agree with the rule solely because I feel like it's the kid's decision. If they feel like they are mentally and physically ready to go to the NBA, then why should they have to go to college? And in turn, make the college money. <laughs> right. And they're not getting that for. It. If if I feel like I can go straight out of the league, straight out, you know, I mean, straight out of the high school and go to the league, then I should be able to have that option without any stipulation. So I just feel like it's a it's an unjust rule. I mean, and I mean, shoot, we seen not every. I mean, we all know everyone's not gonna be a LeBron James or a Kobe or a Kevin Kevin Garnett, but. Right. I mean, you do have guys that have proven that they can come straight from high school and be a dominant factor in the NBA, and I just feel like you never know. Most of these kids' situations, a lot of these kids come from low-income families and backgrounds, so right, they might not have a year to you know go sit at uh, Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina while their family back home starving. So right. they might got to make a, a grown man decision at eighteen years, eighteen years old, seventeen years old. Right, like you could join. You can join the military yeah, at, 17
0: a, <laughs> at 17 with a parent signature, but you can't go and make these ends real quick. Yeah, that's crazy to me. If you got the talent. You think it's a racial thing? Like, because uh, the NBA is predominantly black, that they make these kids, like, go through a certain system instead of giving them freedom to, you know, take their future, you know, for themselves?
1: Uh, so I wouldn't say it's a racial thing. I just... I really just don't understand. No, I just don't understand the aspect of it. Um, just, I, I just don't understand. Like I said, I wouldn't say it was a racial thing, because I do get your, I do get your point. But I, I really just don't, don't understand why they have to go off to college. And, right. I think it's conspiracy. Yeah. I think, I think, the, I, think the, I think, the colleges
0: and uh-huh. the NBA are working together, and the colleges yeah. is like. Like, look, y'all give us the athletes first full a year, uh, you know, a year or two. Yeah. And then we're going
1: to get this money with them. And then we're going to slide slide right over, here, right over to you. <laughs> yeah, now, I do I do believe, you know what I'm saying, one hand, watch the other when it comes to the NBA. And right. the, the NCAA because somebody up top of the NCAA knows if kids can go straight out of high school. They ain't going to college. Yeah, they ain't, for one, they ain't coming to college yeah. too. It's all about money like at the end of the day it's all about the dollars so if the NCAA don't make money then you know what I'm saying March Madness is gonna be affected the school' gonna be affected power 5 school is gonna be affected so it, it's, it's all about it's all about dollars at the end of the day so you know I, I like I said I do believe that you know they, they probably working with each other you know yes you care for a year. And make a couple a couple <laughs> thousand, a couple hundred thousand, maybe a male off of them, then y'all can go about your business. So right. we know how that goes.
0: Uh recent athletes uh, such as uh Mikey Williams and uh Howard U Commit, McCurr Maker are saying that top black athletes should start committing to HBCUs instead of uh the normal powerhouses such as uh the Dukes, mm-hmm. the NC states. And uh they said that this would change the financial power structure. And sway it toward the black community more and keep it in house. Do you think that's a realistic trend that could happen?
1: I do believe so if everybody's on board. um, But that's the thing, you gotta have everybody on board. Like, it can't be just a one year deal. You know, it's because a lot of people are. We we just follow the trend. Or people follow the trend, should I say? So it's like, all right, one man go. So right, this year it's hot to go to a HBCU. If right. I'm a five-star commit. But next year, it's like, man, I right, I seen how McCoy and them did. It ain't work out too good for them. So I'm going to just go back to Duke. Or I'm going to go back to Kentucky. So you got to be fully committed. If this way everybody say, yo, this the new trend, we're going to start this the new ways. We ain't going to the Power Five schools. We are gonna go right. to the HBCUs, and we gonna put money back into the black community, back into the back into the black schools. It has to be a commitment, not just a trend. Right. So, if it's not gonna be a commitment, then I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it working out. To
0: you know, I was uh, you know, i You know, I'm growing up. I'm watching college sports. Yeah. I'm like, yo, why are the top athletes? They go to the same school, five, six schools every year. Like, how come? How come Kentucky get the biggest, like, Kentucky and Duke get the biggest stars every year. Like, how come, like, to me, it's not the schools. It's the players.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, it's, it's not the school. It's, it's the dang. It's the name. The dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's like with clothing. Like, you might have, somebody might have us, we might have on identical shirts. Mm-hmm. Mine might be from Old Navy. Yours might be from Gucci. Let's just say. But it's the same identical shirt. Right. It might be a white t-shirt. Yours might just have Gucci on it. Mine might just say, Old Navy. But the fact that yours is Gucci, right. everybody's going to go get that Gucci t-shirt. So it's like, yo, it's not the school, but the fact that the name on the school, because it's cool to be from, oh, I went to Duke. Or, you know, I, I was a part of the Kentucky Big Blue Nation. You know what I'm saying? It's the whole aura about going to that school that sells the players that I think. Right. Um, because, like you said, it's, it's not school. I don't really think most of these athletes are going because of, oh, Duke is such a prestigious academic school. Or, yeah. You know, they have, this, I'm just throwing stuff out, they have the top lawyer program in the, in the nation oh, on the East Coast. I don't think it's that. It's just, yo, it's you play for Duke, you're going you to the league. league. Yeah, you're going to the league. Right. You play for Kentucky, you're going to the league. So it's like they, those schools have already built a strong pipeline from college to the nba so it's like yo why why wouldn't i do it that's got to change man because we really
0: like we make these schools man we got to change that yeah in my opinion
1: man. definitely
0: definitely i i, I feel you uh, how do you feel about uh the recent um i'm not gonna say trend but like the outrage from you know the athletes worldwide and them uh coming together to uh, publicly, you know, protest police brutality in in and in a systematic oppression from wearing T-shirts, mm-hmm. speaking during during interviews, you know, kneeling during the, uh, during the anthem. How do you feel about all that is going on in the world of sports?
1: I feel like it's I feel like it's a good sign because I mean, shoot, they they are role models whether they want to be or not, um, and they have a voice that a lot of people don't have. So. You know, if you're on national TV voicing your opinion about the unjust that's going on in the world, you know it it just it draws more ears to the topic at hand and what's going on in the real world. So, I, I mean, I I agree with everything they're doing. I think they should, you know, keep doing it and, and do more because they have a voice they they can reach the masses that everybody you know can't. So, right. you know, it, and and it just shows that. They don't put themselves on a the pedestal than the next person, or you know anybody, anybody else, even though these guys are NFL and NBA stars or right. soccer players or whatever the case may be, and they make millions of dollars in their head to a highest standard, it shows that they are still connected. Excuse me, they're still connected with what's going no. on in the real world, and they don't carry themselves above you know what, what's, what's happening. So I, I agree with everything they're doing. I haven't been to a high school basketball game in
0: a while. Okay. Do you guys do the national anthem before? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, have you given any thought to if your kids say, uh, "Hey, coach, I'm not standing for the anthem," or, 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 or if you know, if, or if they want to do something to show that they with the cause too? Have you have you given that any thought? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like. Like I tell my kids, yo, I got your back right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? When you wrong, we'll talk about it amongst each other, but in public, I'm not gonna sit right there and embarrass a child if that's what they wanna do. If that's what you believe in, yo, stand on what you believe in and mean it. You know, don't don't just stand for it because you think it's cool to do. Right. Stand for it on stand for what you believe in for a reason. So if one of my athletes wanted to take a knee or, you know, not stand for the you know the, the national anthem. Who am I to say, yo, you need to do S-Y-Z well if that's not what they believe in? It's just like it's. You know, what I'm saying it's just like I would be contradicting myself as a coach to say, yo, I got your back through thick and thin, and then when time when when it get thin and the, the heat is on, and mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not standing with the with my with my players. So right. You know, if that's what they want to do, yo, we all tied it to our own opinion. We all got a freedom of speech. We all got a freedom to express ourselves as we would like. If that's what you believe in, Coach, you got you back 100%. Respect. Coach.
0: Speak on some of the things that you've been doing in the community because uh, I've seen vaguely, you know, just on social media, you know, some of the programs you have, uh, some of the basketball camps you have going on, but I don't want to misspeak on what you got going on. So oh, no,
1: you good. <laughs> so, you
0: know, tell the people what you got going on in the community and whatnot.
1: Um, so right now, like a year ago, I had, um, had started my camps, my basketball camps called Higher, um, Higher Learning, Skill Development, um, but the name is Higher Learning, and basically, you know, we come in, we train kids, um, from ages 5 to 12, um, Yeah, 5 to 12, 5 to 13, somewhere around the area. Usually about that 14-year-old mark, they usually in high school, they should be with those, you know, their high school coaches working. But my whole sole purpose of taking that age group is because being a middle school coach and a high school coach, kids are lacking so much fundamentally that we need to get back to the essence of learning how to triple threat, learning how to ball fake, learning how to step through, you know what I'm saying? Learning how to... Throw a two-hand chest pass and a two two-hand bounce pass. So that was my whole goal when I created um, this higher learning basketball thing. Um, and it's not only me; it's my partner, um, Rashawn Madison. We, we we in this thing together. And um, I don't want to give out too much, but what we're trying to do is not only just make it basketball, but we want to turn it into like a a mentoring. Um, mentoring service as well. Um and not just for athletes but you know, for all kids. But um from a from a athlete standpoint, we do get athletes. We both got both ends of the spectrum. He went on to play D one ball so he know he can he can share his light on that. I know what it feels like to not go on to play college ball but to still be something, you know, so right. we kinda wanna get into, you know, that and then as far as just the non athletes just staring these kids boys and girls to make right decisions you know and let's not wait until it's too late to start making those decisions let's build on that fonda- foundation let's make those decisions early than then, then compared to making those decisions late so that's basically um, what I got going on right now as far as um, outside of school and what I'm trying to get, get into is, um, and what I've started in my community so um, Due to corona, things kind of been on the hope as far as the basketball skill development and all that stuff. Um, so we just been in the background just try to just brainstorm and just get our thoughts together on, you know, once everything clear, how we're going to move forward. So, you know, that's pretty much what we got going on and just, you know, just be on the lookout for more. For sure.
0: Well, I definitely commend you for that, man. Cause you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of potential. You know, it's a lot of uh, great kids, man. It's yeah. They just, I think, just lack a little direction.
1: Yeah, and... A little guidance. That's, that's definitely for sure. Like I said, um, I deal with a lot of males more so than I do with females, but um, males, for sure, man, and definitely young African black males, um, they lack a lot of direction. Like, a yeah. lot of these kids are Coming from single parent homes, and most of the times just the mother in the house, and they may have another sibling that you know it, it that makes the situation rougher than what it needs to be. But they just lack like a lot of direction. And um, one thing I've learned over the years, just coaching and just teaching teaching kids, is that once you know it, it always starts off rocky because they usually come with a shield on because they're then in the defensive mode. But once they understand that. Yo, you're you giving them the real, and it's coming from a genuine place, and that you care for them. Yo, they'll open up, they'll you know, run through a brick wall for you, but it's not about that, but it's just more so a matter of, they just need somebody to, to show that they care, like, that they they still are a child, they still exist, and, you know, it's okay to mess up, but let's let's make this thing right. It's okay to fail, it's okay to, you know, not get everything right, but you know, I got somebody that's going to help me figure it out. I got somebody that actually genuinely want to see me do good. Like, man, I done had so many kids in that school just during their lunch period come down to the office and just want to talk. Like, like, just talk. Whether it's about the game, their hobbies, anything. Like, they just want to eat and just talk because they don't have anybody that actually sits down and just listen to them. Or, you know, it's like even... Like, Mr. Johnson, man, I don't know how to do this homework, problem. Like, can you help me with my homework? And it it might be something simple, but it's just the fact that, all right, man, shoot, Mr. Johnson willing to help me out. So I, I can trust them. Right. And that's my number one thing I tell all my kids, um, even that I teach and the kids I coach, yo, our relationship is built off trust. All relationships are built off trust. If you can't trust me and I can't trust you, then when we don't have anything, but as long as we got that trust factor there, yo. At the end of the day, whatever you need, I got you. Right. You know, that's pretty pretty much it. So, you know, we just we just trying to get that get that going again. But it's definitely you you hit the the nail on the head, man. It's, it's um a lot of kids definitely need direction more than anything. just a little direction, man. That's direction and right. just to show that you care. That's it. That's it. Alright, let's get to
0: some uh, fun topics real quick. Fun topics. Alright. All right. So, you throw in a dinner party.
1: Okay.
0: You got five invitations to anybody in the world right now.
1: Okay.
0: Who would you invite to that dinner party and why?
1: Uh. Dang. Put well, you, I mean, yeah, I put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so are we talking family or outside of family? Or could it, just be it could just it be anybody. It could be anybody. Family, celebrities, anything. Oh, I, well, you know, my mom and pops, they definitely got to be there as one. Okay. My girl, she going to kill me if I don't get an invite, so. That's three. <laughs> That's three. <laughs> um, if, if I could meet with LeBron James, I, I would definitely invite LeBron. Um, Just because, like, I just want to sit down and have a conversation just to see, like, how for so long he's been able to deal with the scrutiny and get up every day. And right. perform on and off the court. So um I definitely would, would, you know, send him an invitation. And uh I send Coach K an invitation. That's that's like one of my favorite coaches. I've always been a big Duke fan. Coach K. Um I just like how he, he just moves, I like how he carries himself. I just you know, I just would like to have a conversation with him too, just to... Just to pick his brain a little bit, and and just to figure out how he's been able to sustain the changes in the game so long, and still be one of the top coaches in the world—not just NCAA, but you know the world. Yeah. So that would be my uh, that would be my five right there. All right, solid five. All right, next
0: question: Who's, in your opinion, who's up next in the seven-five-seven area, basketball-wise? Like, what player do you think? Is uh, is next to really blow? Uh,
1: shoot, I know it's hard to name
0: one. You can name, you can name a few if you need to.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like, give me, like, what? Are you talking a specific age group or are you just saying like high school basketball? High school basketball. That's currently playing right now. Oh, I gotta go with my guy, Jalon Darden. Okay, that's my point but I got to it. I, it wouldn't be right if I if I did <laughs> I mean, shoot. The accolades speak for itself. I mean, he was first team all state. He got a state, you know, I say he won the state championship last year. Um, so got he's much. a state champion, Eastern District Player of the Year. Uh, I think he's been on the Eastern District team ever since he stepped foot on the floor as a freshman. Uh, so he's a senior now. So like I said, his accolades speaks for itself. Um, in a three year span, he's been on the Eastern. Eastern District team, three years. He yeah, averaged a triple double as a as a freshman, as a sophomore. Uh, I think he was first team All Conference. He uh, was last year first, like I said, first team All State, Eastern District Player of the Year, first team All water, state champion. So his resume speaks for itself by far. He's probably the best player in the state, hands down. Because, you know, if, if if in my opinion, so I gotta go with him, man. Um, Jaden Ups. Jaden Epps, They, you know, they. He, he, he's definitely up there. We got to play against him. Those two guys got the battle last year. What school um, does he go to? Kingsport. Fork. Kingsport. Fork. Okay. Yeah, Kingsport. Those those guys got the battle last year. He's definitely one of the. Um, he's definitely one of the top players in the state as well. So, um, I gotta give it. A, Give it to them two But I, I gotta definitely go With my guy Jelani Darting hands down right,
0: that's he, that's I'm gonna guy. check him out cause I don't know who he is yet Oh yeah yeah
1: You gotta You know, do I'm you not,
0: know. I, don't, I don't be right here Like that no more so Oh no, nah,
1: I, I feel you I feel you I'm yeah. gonna definitely Check him out That's my guy He'll kill me If I ain't, <laughs> I ain't gonna Go with him And he ain't even gotta worry about it he, he already
0: know Right Top five musical artists uh, Dead or alive Not just rappers Not just singers Your top
1: five musical
0: artists Dead or alive
1: my top five. In no order. Okay. Jigger. Oh, definitely top five. Um that's a no-brainer for me. Okay. Uh Wayne. Even though Wayne ain't the same Wayne, I still gotta put him I still gotta put him out there top five. Yes. Um Jeezy. Jeezy. Okay, snowman. Um, uh That's two. What'd I say? Wayne, Jigger, Jeezy. Jeezy. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Oh, Pop, Tupac, Tupac Pop. would definitely be one. Okay. Tupac would definitely be one of my pops. Yeah, yeah, kill me if I ain't put Tupac out there. Uh, you go all rappers. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I listen to most. I, I listen to rap a lot. Okay. Um, right. And. They close out That's tough That's tough That's tough Uh Dang that's a tough question who, who would I put In that fifth spot We got Jeezy Ho Jeezy Ho Wayne Wayne Pop, right now Actually I would put Dave East in there Dave East? Yeah For the new school I will put Dave that's East That's the first
0: in time I've heard
1: that, Tell you that. For <laughs> real? It's my top five Yeah, for yeah sure. Dave East Dave can spit, spit though Yeah he can spit He, he can, can spit. spit I don't
0: know I don't know why He's not connecting
1: Like yeah, you got to like, East kind of, it was, honestly, my fifth between Nas and East. But yeah. I just went new school for a little bit. But East right. is kind of like a, he's he's under Nas's umbrella because he signed the mass appeal. But right. I feel like his connection with the generation now is a little bit different because he doesn't have like the same flow like as a gunner or a thug or you know what I'm saying? His, right. his his vibe is a little different. It's a little more. Nah, I'm not gonna
0: give you that. I'm not gonna give you that. You gonna go No, I'm not gonna give you that because I, I I was thinking that too. But then you got Griselda going crazy with Benny Conway and Nick. yeah. See, I heard.
1: I said I haven't I haven't really listened. I gotta I gotta put my ear to them yet. You got I'm, you, you got. I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to peep them out. I heard they can spit though. Definitely. I, I heard they and they I got that they old
0: go. that old flow. That old okay okay gritty like New York
1: okay okay yeah I right, I don't know what it is about Davies but yes yeah, right. Davies he, he he got East good, can spit though like East good can music. really East make good music if you yeah. just sit there and listen like East East me I like storytellers yeah so that's that's my thing like I like people that still that that tell stories that I can like visualize in my head right so I don't really know what's the connection lost between East and you know the the masses, but I mean, I like I like Easter. I think he got
0: that Wale syndrome.
1: Yeah, that might. The Wale mean.
0: can spit with the best of them, but it's just somebody like he could put out a solid album, twelve yeah. songs, solid music, and, no spins. and, and, and look, <laughs> yeah. it is not gonna get no no traction, yeah. no yeah. noise.
1: Yeah, it I guess the people much. who know just know. Yeah, I like Ross too, though. Speaking, to, speaking to that right of that old MGM, I, I was playing Ross. I, so you I, I forgot. I forgot how. I, Miss Ross, like actually take East out, we could put Ross. In there. I about to say we, Ross in my top. We could put Ross in there top five. I don't even know what I was dreaming about yet. You can take East out, we could put Ross in there. He, that's that luxury, that's, right? Yeah, there. that's that. that, that right that's that big boy <laughs> music right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All
0: right, <laughs> uh, so that's your top five. I said dead or alive. So is your is is, is that list going to be different from your top five right now,
1: like? Oh yeah, the top five, my top five right now. That's in my rotation. Gunna, Gunna is definitely in my rotation. Uh, Future is in my rotation, but Jigga, Jigga always gonna be in there. Like, right. I don't think I get, I don't think I go a day without listening to some type of whole album or track or something. So that's always in there. Jeezy is definitely gonna be in there. Okay. Um. And uh, I'm missing one. I'm missing somebody. Oh, Glizzy, Shot Glizzy. Shy Glizzy. Yeah, he, I, I always like Shy Glizzy like for I've been on his music for a while. But his latest his latest uh his album, whatever it is he dropped, they be dropping on iTunes so I don't be knowing the difference. But right. his latest um music that he just dropped, I, I've been rocking with it. I've been rocking with it lately, so Okay, okay. There would probably be top five spins in the car right now. It'll be if we gonna feature Shot Glizzy. Hov and Jeezy definitely in there. Solid, solid.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, have you been following the uh, the NBA finals? Most definitely. For sure. I don't know why I asked you. That. I asked you that just because it's a question on the, on, my, on my paper. Yeah, most definitely. So w- with the recent, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be over last night. Me too. But with the recent, you know, the Jimmy Butler, you know, Duncan Robinson going crazy, it's going, it's going, it's going six now. Yeah, definitely. At the definitely. most. It, it um, might be, is it, is it over is it over Sunday or can they push to a seven game?
1: Oh nah, I now. think I think I think it's over Sunday. I honestly thought it was gonna be over last excuse me last night, but uh, I think it's over Sunday. It better be over Sunday. Yeah. For they. It it depends. <laughs> <laughs> depend on how AD ankle is, man. Or right. Foot or whatever he, he hurt. Um, if he can come back, if he's healthy. I think it's over Sunday. I just feel like the whole. I th- like I said, I was really sold on the game being over last night just because I feel like the whole narrative of how everything was built up, the Mamba jersey. It was cinematic. Yeah, it was cinematic. You know what I'm saying? Brian, almost we went for about forty, 40, 40. last night. A wasted game. Seven yeah. Threes. So it's like six three, six threes. I just thought it was over, but I don't. I don't see it going past Sunday. I hope not. Uh, but I do. I have grown a lot of respect for the Miami He Jimmy Boy. Butler has been doing this thing. Those young guys, them uh, Duncan Robinson, Hero, Bam, uh, even Kendrick Nunn. Those sure. guys have they've they been hooping. They been and Dragic got hurt too. Yeah. So, so. That, and he was their leading scorer in the playoffs. scorer. So that's tough for your leading scorer to go down and. Definitely. You know, and he's nowhere near the consideration as a Jimmy Butler. Right. You know, when you talking about just conversational. Right basketball but that's tough for those guys to pick up the slots. And I gotta get a lot there as as a coach for your leader and score to go down and for you all to still keep rolling. You that that speaks volumes to what he's doing too. Definitely. So yeah man, but I think it's I think it's over Sunday though. I think I think it's over. Yeah, We're
0: we'll gonna see. yeah it's, it's, gonna be, it's if it
1: go to a game seven, woo that's yeah, gonna be tough.
0: A Game 7 in the bubble, though. It's not Game 7 in Staples. It's yeah. Game 7 in the bubble.
1: But you know, Bron, Bron, he the closer on the kind of Game 7. Yeah, Bron never lost a Game Bron 7. Bron don't lose Game 7. He'll lose Game 7. <laughs> he'll lose Game 7. Lose game seven. <laughs> that's, that's one thing about it. He'll, do, he'll lose Game 7.
0: Alright, one last question to let you go. Who is the GOAT of the NBA? Of all time. Who's who's the
1: GOAT? Ah, uh, The GOAT... Uh, that's tough, but... I would have to say... The goat. As much as I love Jordan, like I like Jordan, I would uh, have, I would have to say it's LeBron. Get the powder out. Get the powder. Yeah, I would have to say it's LeBron. I mean, the the things LeBron has done, um, in his in his prime, and like I said, not only just in the NBA, but the amount and the body of work from 16 years old to now. It's, it's unmatched. It's unheard of. Definitely. Like To come in the league as an 18-year-old and constantly perform night in and night out when people are all praying on your downfall, it's unheard of. Not saying Jordan wasn't, like the things Jordan did, he changed the dynamic of the game, which both of them did. I and I feel like Jordan kind of get the edge because he was the first to do it and he came at a time where... Nobody was going in the air, switching hands, laying the ball up or dunking or doing the things he was doing, nor did anybody win, you know, six championships, you know, in the finals. But if my thing is, if we just saying, all right, the debate between LeBron and Jordan is Jordan got six and he was undefeated, then that's the case. Bill Russell should be the GOAT because he got 13. He got the most. So we can't throw that into consideration. LeBron is... Top two or three in every statistical category there is and yet alone I mean the amount of pressure that man has been facing since he was eighteen is unheard of and you come back to a golden state team where you got four all stars on that starting lineup and when yo you can't you can't beat that so I gotta go with LeBron James.
0: That's respectable, that's respectable. Hey man, go James, baby, go definitely, James. Definitely. They got to finish up the Heat six.
1: Yeah, they got to finish it. It will. Definitely. I appreciate
0: you stopping by, man. I appreciate the time. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about today.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Is there anything you want to plug?
1: Uh, nah, man. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. This is my first interview, so uh, I was excited. Still excited. Like I said, man, I appreciate the opportunity for just giving me a platform to, you know, just you know, voice my opinion on a few things and, you know, give you an insight of what's What's going on, but um now nah, that's pretty much it, man definitely I uh, Requan Johnson appreciate it y'all.